Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about energy and sustainability from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined for my fortnightly catch-up on the European commodity markets by my colleague, Dr. Petra Puskareva, our European Energy Risk Manager. Now, Petra, we normally start with gas for understandable reasons at the moment, and we're going to do so this week too. What are the latest movements in the gas market we should be aware of, in particular the risks around the situation in Ukraine? Following uh, last week when we saw some softness in the market on the basis that supply has improved in Europe and demand is lower than originally expected, we've observed a rebound in prices from Friday and into Monday, mostly on the back of geopolitical tensions around Ukraine. The situation has escalated. There are NATO troops that are currently on standby, although there are still currently low expectations around possible open attack. Indeed, and let's hope that situation doesn't materialize. But even if it did, it's worth recalling historically, you know, Russia has been a reliable supplier of gas throughout the Cold War period to Western Europe. And, you know, there are a number of routes of getting gas into the European market. So although there are always risks there, it's it's more about availability of additional gas, isn't it? And, and the leverage that that has in other aspects of uh, policy aside from energy. Uh, that doesn't mean there's no risk to uh, material risk that is to physical security of supply, but that should be borne in mind. And it's not, after all, the only source of gas to the European market. There's LNG too. So what's been happening on LNG? Definitely. Uh, Russia and Gazprom have been a reliable supplier of gas into Europe for decades and even during current uh, tighter uh, geopolitical situation, the contractual supplies continue to being met and to be sent. Again, it's hard to predict how a potential open conflict would impact on the supplies. We would expect that it wouldn't have a big impact, considering that historically, even as you mentioned during Cold War, there has been no interruptions. What we, of course, can expect is that prices would start pricing in that risk, which we've been already seeing, especially during the Monday trading session. Indeed, and it's worth recalling that although you know demand worldwide for gas is high, it's part of the reason why prices are where they are at the moment, especially demand from the Asian market. But Europe remains, you know, Western Europe, I should say, remains Russia's biggest customer for gas, doesn't it? So strategically, you know, maintaining that market rather than disrupting it does make a kind of a rather unavoidable commercial sense, wouldn't you say? Of course it does. Europe is still Gazprom's or Russia's biggest gas customer. On that basis, of course, we are seeing increased interest, especially from US LNG exporters that are interested in the in the market share, which we could potentially to some extent connect to US opposition towards Nord Stream 2, which would only increase the possibilities of Russia to export gas into Europe. What is important to mention is that the demand for gas is growing, especially in China. If we were to put it in terms of numbers, the demand in China for gas this year is expected to be up to 10% higher than originally expected. This would mean a few things for us. It's expected that China would continue to remain the number one LNG importer in the world as they have surpassed Japan last year. And we could potentially see increased interest, especially during shoulder months between April and June, which could cause that some of the LNG cargoes would be diverted into China. 
when it comes to pipeline gas, again, maybe just to comment uh, partially on Russia. And as you mentioned, while Europe is still biggest customer, Asia is growing and especially China is growing. There is already an existing pipeline, Power of Siberia 1, that is delivering gas from Russia into China from sort of Irkutsk, Baikal region. And that is not the region from which Europe is getting the gas. So it's not the Yamal plant. But there are active talks at the moment and there is a high expectation that over this or next year there would be a second pipeline that is commissioned between Russia and China, Power of Siberia 2, that would be directly connected to Yamal. From that point, if geopolitical tensions and problems remain in Europe, Russia would actually have possibility to start diverting some of this gas into China. I think that's a hugely important point for the future. The importance of the Asian market, and, and China in particular, shouldn't be overlooked. Um, it has a direct impact on the price of gas here in Europe, and that, that influence is not going to go away. And from everything that you said, and what we know about the environmental situation as well, at least the theoretical commitment of China to decarbonize in the long run will mean moving away from being the world's largest consumer of coal and probably burning more gas in the interim. So that's going to increase demand for the fuel as well. And I think, you know, thinking about that, the last piece of the, of the jigsaw, uh, what are things looking like on gas storage for the summer ahead and in terms of volumes there? So we've entered this winter with less gas in the storage comparing to last year, where we know that last year was already critical during Q1 due to extended winter conditions. Demand is lower in Europe, both households due to uh, warmer temperatures and industrial uh, production. So we are not withdrawing as much as we were last year. And at the moment, especially LNG is providing good supply uh, fundamentals in Europe. So the expectation is that by the time we get into the summer, we shouldn't have less gas comparing to what was available sort of last July or August, but it's still going to be around those multi-year lows. Expectation is that the sentiment could repeat this year around possibility, around risks, around the upcoming winter. Right. Well, that's obviously something to, to watch in the months ahead. And thinking more about the sustainability side of things and the whole question of the status of low carbon nuclear and gas as a transition fuel to get Europe off coal and to help accommodate intermittent renewables and so on. The taxonomy, uh, the you know the description of, of these technologies and whether they can be considered sustainable in an EU context, that's been a subject of much debate, hasn't it? But it, does it look like most member states, Germany in particular, are accepting the new definitions as both of those technologies potentially being um, sustainable? It's a mixed bag, to be honest. So, for example, France is, of course, backing the nuclear generation for obvious reasons. We've heard from Germany, who is opposing nuclear, which is related to their recent significant phase-out at the end of last year and the one that's planned for the end of this year. But they are accepting gas as a transition commodity, which will allow them to have more time to develop the proper low carbon generation. This is a little bit surprising considering their uh, stances and the delays that the German government is uh, posing onto Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Mostly on the basis that gas storage is low at the moment, 
we would welcome more gas into Germany and into Europe. And still at the moment, while Germany should be injecting into the storage at the moment, there is no extra demand for gas from Russia, from Germany. Actually, we are still seeing, and it's been now over a month, flows of gas that are going from Germany into Poland and into Ukraine based on the fact that gas prices at which Germany is able to sell now is higher to the price at which they bought it. On the other hand, some surprising news came from Spain who are not keen on including gas in the green agenda. This is again quite surprising on the basis that gas still represents around 40% of the generation in Spain and following the interruption or turning off one of the main pipeline gas connections from Algeria via Morocco into Spain has been cancelled last year, Spain is currently more dependent on LNG and the dependence on gas is likely to remain high over next few years. Hence, we expect that Spain could be potentially thinking like Germany is and consider gas being a good transitionary commodity. That's interesting. And reflecting on the French nuclear fleet, which is hugely important for low carbon purposes and security supply when gas is under under pressure and France normally exports uh, to its immediate neighbours, doesn't it, which helps with their security supply too. There have been some concerns about availability of some of the French nuclear fleet. Has there been any recent news on, on that or is it the situation relatively unchanged? situation has been unchanged. The regulator advised that they would advise by the end of this month about the final results. So we're still expecting some news. It's going to be, in my opinion, having little less impact during February and March, given that the weather conditions and the supply in Europe, especially around gas, is more stable than originally anticipated. It's, of course, a little bit unfortunate that we are seeing a limited capacity that that would still to some extent push prices higher if the result of the searches is really bad, just because France has very recently tried to help the end customers by increasing the RN threshold from 100 terawatt hours to 120 terawatt hours, which will mean some discounts for the customers that will be applied retrospectively. But unfortunately, these outages came at unfortunate time and they will have some impact on futures prices. Indeed, and there are some other issues relating to EDF's own balance sheets as a result of all of that, uh, which perhaps we'll return to on another occasion. And sort of taking this all together, gas and power, and what this means for uh, for the carbon markets, how are things looking with uh, European carbon prices at the moment? The pressure's still on, presumably. Um, the pressure is still on on the basis that demand for coal is currently still higher due to the fact that gas prices continue to trade at elevated levels. So it's still beneficial for generators to burn coal, which triggers higher demand for carbon EUA certificates. Hence, we've seen carbon prices trading around 85 euros per tonne recently. This is not outside of any recent range. Current expectations are that carbon prices would continue trading between 80 and 90 euros in the foreseeable future. Of course, the risk is on the upside and the risk is 100 euros per tonne, which would open another trading range and which will push European power prices to new highs. 
I mean, it'd be interesting to see if those sort of levels are reached, whether the political pressure to have a look at the supply of carbon credits in in the market and the, the mechanism there to, to release additional allowances if required might, you know, become become an issue. Can you see that happening? I mean, Europe, or rather the EU specifically, very keen on its green targets, balancing that against the economic cost of very high carbon prices at a time when governments are intervening to get retail prices down. It's a bit of a dilemma, really, isn't it? Yes, and ba- mostly on the basis that the green agenda in Europe is strong. My expectation and my sort of baseline price level for power for the upcoming year or two would be 100 euros per megawatt hour, whether it's on the futures market or whether it's on the spot market. I do believe that this is going to be in the foreseeable future, the new power price that customers will have to be facing. Well, I feel you're right, Petra, and the sooner we get used to these sort of levels of prices for the foreseeable future, uncomfortable that may be, uh, the easier it's going to be um, to cope with the consequences. So thank you for your observations on that. Very interesting as ever. Let's hope we can see a continuation of relatively moderate weather in Europe over the weeks ahead and possibly a moderation of the situation in relation to Ukraine as well, which would definitely help. I hope you found that interesting. Do have a look at our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK and look out for our reports there if you'd like to find out more and do listen out for another podcast again from us soon.